Welcome to Ask the Educator, a podcast brought to you by Healthmark Industries. Are you a sterile processing technician or manager? Maybe you work in infection prevention or biomedical engineering. Whether you're a frontline tech, endoscopy tech, OR nurse, or surgical services administrator, you undoubtedly have influence in medical device processing at your facility. In each episode, we speak with experts from the Healthmark Clinical Affairs team, industry leaders, or special guests from the trenches to answer your questions and bring you relevant industry information, equipping you for excellence in medical device processing. My name is Kevin Anderson, and I will be your host. Now let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Ask the Educator podcast. My name is Adam Okada, and with me is the host of the Ask the Educator podcast, Kevin Anderson. Hey, Adam. Hey, Rebecca. It's always good to be uh, doing another podcast with y'all. Thanks for your help, Adam. And Kevin kind of spoiled it, but we have our guest <laughs> on today is Rebecca Peplau uh, from Maine Health now is the uh, manager there. But we asked her to be on the podcast because as an educator, she had this really cool concept about education culture. And we kind of wanted to discuss what that means, what you can do in your departments to make that happen. So, Rebecca, let's go ahead and get started. What is education culture to you? Well, thank you for having me. To me, education culture is a completely separate entity other than your department's culture that is to accept and acknowledge education as a whole, right? So you have your department's culture, which is mostly based on your facility's values and the way it's run and and that kind of thing. But within it, you have this whole separate entity that respects that people need to learn properly the right way in order to succeed and in order for patients to have the best outcome. People can recognize that it takes time and patience to do so. If people have questions, they are really understanding and supportive. And if people are making mistakes, it's one of those environments where it ends up they have such a deep understanding of the education process and hold it with so much respect that instead of turning it into a negative, they embrace it as a whole and it could be something that the whole department could grow from. You know, that's interesting that you bring it up in terms of a cultural thing. As soon as you mentioned it like that and and described it the way you did, I kind of started going back to my old days in the operating room and then obviously uh, moving into sterile processing. That kind of culture, if you will, could impact all the different departments of surgical services as a whole. Uh, I can tell you there was a, a lot less structure, a lot less whatever to an orientation in the operating room when I started. You know, it was just kind of circulate all the way through all these different service lines with whatever preceptor. And then, you know, hopefully after, you know, six months or whatever, you're good to go. And all of that. But there were some people, you know, who individually took a lot of accountability for educating, especially even those who were not assigned as preceptors. I know I remember surgical technologists jumping in and kind of helping me understand what some of the standards and guidelines said, which back then it's interesting, but none of my orientation really (laughs) included a lot of standards and guidelines, which is really interesting. I don't know how you guys do it at your facility or Adam, what you've experienced, but even just the main orientation, how is that handled? 
And is there a lot of structure around it? Is there a lot of people kicking in on the process? I know there's a lot of people who shy away from teaching others. They don't really like it per se. It slows them down or whatever makes their job harder, if you will. And to some degree, they're right about that. But it's such an important part of building up your department. And so it's an interesting concept, I think, to look at it as a cultural thing. So very cool uh, way of looking at it. My big thing, too, is that, you know, a lot of us work at teaching hospitals. But how often is it that the time and the appreciation and the acceptance for education is truly there? So when you're talking about the onboarding for new people, basically the best thing to do, in my opinion, is when you have somebody new to sterile processing, if you can educate them with background education, like from the textbooks and just the baseline fundamentals of sterile processing, that helps you develop the why. So having your fellow techs realize it's going to take this person a while to understand why I'm filling the sink with warm water versus cold water if I'm using an enzymatic kind of thing. But also... It does circle back to the OR too, because if you bring them into sterile processing and have them work a day and decontam and prep and pack, they understand the workflows and the process, at least they get a taste of it. And it cycles on back to, hey, maybe when I'm in the OR and I'm thinking about pre-cleaning, I can, I can be a bit more careful and make time to do this better. Yeah, I think that what I really like about the idea of education culture is that when you make a mistake, it's not necessarily something to be punished. It's not necessarily something to be ashamed of. It's something, hey, we can learn from this. This is what education is all about. We make a mistake and we learn from it. And I did a little research for the podcast. Kevin, believe it or not, I did. And uh, <laughs> I looked up the definition of culture. It's the attitudes and behavior characteristics of a specific social group. And I love that the attitude is a big part of the culture. It has to be something that's positive, that's growth oriented, and it has to be about just basically doing what's best for whatever it is, and th in this case, patient care. So I think that education culture to me is really about that attitude of we're going to do things the right way here, but instead of we do things fast or instead of we do things yeah. because I get paid to be here. That's smash the attitude. You know, everyone, I hate when, yes, you have to be productive. Our departments need to be productive to function. Productivity when assessing an employee should not be the only factor in their assessment. You're not taking into consideration any factors of quality when you're looking at productivity. Okay. It doesn't tell you how long Judy spent decontaminating the tray in, in decon or if this person had to send a tray back on assembly because it was dirty. It's all about learning how to do things the right way so you save time later in the rest of the processes and the rest of the team knows the right way to do it. So when somebody's making a mistake, they can gently call them out and say, hey, why are you doing it this way? You know, you're supposed to do it that way, right? Yeah, it's interesting to me that productivity would even enter into the equation. In my mind, as a former manager, productivity was simply a tool to help you understand how your staff was being utilized and whether or not you had enough staff or if you needed more staff. And so it wasn't supposed to be used as some sort of a whipping tool of any kind. It was more of how do I identify whether or not I need more people? And of course, as you know, it does a pretty sloppy job of that as well. There's no perfect system when it comes to that. So it's really kind of understanding how that fits into your managerial tasks. But when it comes to identifying whether or not somebody's working hard, that's something that I think is better done by kind of being on the floor and, and seeing what's going on 
because there's times where somebody could get a phone call from the operating room and then it literally takes them a half an hour to resolve the problem. I mean, they shouldn't be punished for that. That was hard work. That was well-spent time. You know, they probably minimized the delay or what have you. In my mind, productivity is kind of a, it should be a non-factor when it comes to really assessing the work quality of a technician. Yeah. And also I hate and I'm, I'm using some strong language here. I really despise when an employee makes a mistake and a tray makes the operating room that has bio burden on it. If it's a first time thing, address it as an educational opportunity. I learned that term from my last boss. When you look at mistakes or discrepancies in how things are reprocessed, if you present it in that light, as an educational opportunity, it truly shapes the way employees feel about things as well. So not only are you going back and you're re-educating them on things and making sure they're aligning with your SOPs in the department and they're doing things the right way and that they're they're still at their competency level, but they're not afraid that they're going to get fired, right? So like some facilities, it's so strict that you get you just get a written warning right away. Yes, it's patient safety, but I feel like with what we do, there's so much to learn. And in so many spaces, our new employees are never really onboarded properly with enough time. And you know how long we, it takes forever to learn sterile processing in every aspect. We're continuously educating ourselves. So I, I think addressing things like that as educational opportunities can really change the dynamic and how you retrain and how mistakes are looked at. Yeah, I was in a facility and I loved one of the things that they had that was part of their culture was actually assume goodness of intentions. So if somebody makes a mistake, you don't automatically assume that they don't know any better or they don't know something or something's wrong. You assume that they have good intentions, but there's something wrong with the process. We don't blame people. We take a look at the process and we say, okay, well, what are we doing that created this environment where they're making a mistake? And I remember being at that facility and I remember that being the pervasive thing. And it was like a theme throughout everything we did. And to me, that's what culture is. It's just this, you're doing the same thing across the board. You're treating it as let's look at our processes, not let's not look at the people that are making the mistake. Let's try to figure out what's going on with our process. And that's a part of education culture, I think, is examining your process as a leader instead of punishing the employee. Look at what the process is. Look at how that mistake happened and then figure out how to fix it that way. And it's a much more productive thing. And for the employees, I think they really respond to that as well. Because we can look at data all we want from tracking systems and see that there's a problem. But until we actually get our hands dirty and walk through the workflow ourselves, like you might not realize that there's a problem with a machine that's not working properly or lighting that's out. A lot of the times our teams don't always relay these messages to us. You know, um, I walked out on the floor the other day and I had seven light bulbs out. <laughs> nobody said anything. So it's one of those things, you know, we have to, as an educator or a trainer, preceptor, manager, whatever, you need to get out there and do the workflows yourself, reassess them often and make sure that, you know, it could be something as simple as your water gun isn't working back there in decontam so they can't get the drills clean. We have to be on the floor to assess things properly sometimes. Well, and I think to both you guys point, like, when you see mistakes happen, I think, you know, just going right into corrective action process, that HR process is kind of a lazy way out. 
When you don't take the opportunity, as you put it, to help educate and help inform your team and make them better, then you're actually making things worse. Eventually, that staff member may or may not get fired because we're all human. We're all going to make mistakes. And if they make that magical mistake within that magical arbitrary timeline, then they're gone. And then all of a sudden you got to hire a new one and then go through that whole process again. And that's not good. I could give you an example. We had new laparoscopic instruments that we bought. The first ones of of the modular type, you know, the take apart type that we purchased. And we were all excited about it because they were going to be easier to clean and what have you. But you know how they are if you've ever used them. Technically speaking, they're a little bit harder sometimes to put back together and take apart and all this stuff. Well, we ended up getting... I ended up getting called to the operating room several times because the instruments were not functioning properly because they were not put back together properly. And it kept happening to the same tech over and over and over again. And I'm like, what's going on? You know, and then I thought about it some and I was like, you know, she's on midnight shift. I bet you she didn't even get proper training on this. (laughs) And so I went in on her shift and she and I just sat there and we repeated over and over and over again the process of taking it apart and putting it back together again. And the problem went away. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like yeah. that was my fault uh, that that was happening in the operating room. So take some accountability for some of the things that happened in your team and make it right. Getting that report back from the OR that that was happening was kind of like gold, in my opinion. They were telling me something very specific that was going wrong that I could then turn around and have an opportunity to fix. And that's what we should be looking at it like. Third shift does always seem to get the brunt of lack of communication, but it makes me think of repetition when you were talking about how you just sat there and went through the assembly and disassembly of those pieces but how our brains learn, right? So I think that we also, as part of education culture, our departments need to recognize that everybody learns differently, that repetition is key to memory, and also that emotion is tied to memory. So there are several things that we need to remain steadfast in achieving, right? You can have a set time frame of what you want your program to be. Like if it's for a new employee without experience, nine weeks maybe six to nine weeks, depending on your facility. But you have to have an understanding that everybody learns differently. Everyone learns at a different pace. It might take somebody different types of examples on how to learn. And so it comes with that acceptance of, I can't just hurry up and get them on the floor. That is not an attitude we want anymore because we know it's always going to be busy and sterile processing. So invest the time and the sacrifice into educating people the right way. We should be free to take the time that is needed. So that way we're we're doing it right and invest in the employees and they're going to feel more gainful, valuable that way as well. Yeah. And I think actually it's like a perfect way to wrap up the podcast is it's really about making the employees buy into this. And the way that you do that is to get them to understand that they're a huge part of it. That's what education culture is. It's not just a manager saying, hey, we're doing this now. It's really about getting the employees to buy in because it's got to be everybody involved for it to be successful. So that's it. That's all the time we have for the Ask the Educator podcast. Rebecca, thank you so much for being here. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks, Rebecca. Bye.
All opinions expressed on this show are those of the presenters. Before using any medical device, it is important to review the device manufacturer's instructions for use.